Good morning, Remy. Good morning, Rick. Uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee with the Cowgirls. I'm Brett Kruger. And I'm Remy Greer. And it's Wednesday morning. And here we are once again. It's the last Wednesday of spooky season. So I have my um, my little ghosties on my scarf, even though it's not really cold enough for a scarf. So I'm just going to try and wear it today. I feel like it went fast. Yeah. Um, what are the kids going to be for Halloween? I have the headless horseman on like one of the blow up unicorns. Like, you know, like the, like the, like the bull yes. thing that you ride. So it's like a unicorn skeleton and, um, the grim reaper, a demogorgon from stranger things. And then one of the other kids from stranger things. I, I don't know. I let them make their own choices every year, but the littlest one went from being Pennywise to one of the other kids from Stranger Things. So we're just—it's better than Pennywise, really. Spooky things, Remy. Spooky things. <laughs> uh, if you didn't know, Halloween is Remy's favorite holiday. Uh, so of course, her kids would be have really cool outfits and all the things. We, our kids don't have any outfits yet. Bodie's kind of—I mean, he's a. You know, the thing is, like, with Halloween, you either love it or it just doesn't matter. So, oh, James, no. didn't grow, like, James didn't grow up in a house that was really big on Halloween. So, like, he's not just nostalgic about Halloween. And I trick-or-treated until I was, like, a senior in high school. So, I, we are not, I don't know if I would use the word nostalgic, but <laughs> we, <laughs> we, uh, we do do all the things for Halloween and have since the boys were little the community we live in is real small as you probably all know so it's pretty awesome i'm very thankful for the community that we live in because most people just get hay racks behind trucks or four-wheelers and put all the kids on them and go through town so super nice we did the pumpkin carving thing this week with all the kids nice. in the neighborhood yes and you went to a pumpkin patch. I went to a pumpkin patch because our partners have a pumpkin patch, but we are going to do our carving on um, Sunday when James gets home. So, Oh my God. I know. I don't think, do you, you do have chickens. We have lots of chickens, like lots of chickens. Did you see the pumpkin carving with the chickens, Remy? No, no, I got to go watch something else. <laughs> oh my God. You totally have to go buy them pumpkins. You take a potato peeler and carve out like a design on the pumpkin. And then you put the pumpkins in with the chickens and they peck out where you peeled. Now it's, I'm going to try, now I'm gonna try this. Please document it for everyone on Coffee with the Cowgirls. For sure. Seen, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this today, actually. Yeah. I mean, what else do you have to do? Nothing. I have nothing else to do. <laughs> so for sure, go do arts and crafts with the chickens today. Mm -hmm. Put that on the list. Oh. To add it to the bottom of my list. Yes. So fall is coming to an end, I feel like. They took out all of the corn around us last night. It's just so amazing because literally it took like a half hour to do all the way around our property. Because the machinery is so big these days. It takes no time at all. And the last football game for Bronson was last week. Um, do you hear my children in the background getting ready for school? Yeah. I'm sorry, folks. 
Um, I'm pretty sure that Bronson's looking up chicken, pumpkin, carving videos right now. <laughs> uh, what else happened last week, Remy? I don't know. I, I told you the same thing as last week. Like, my days all blur together now. Um, what did happen last week? Mine too. I don't know. I didn't have anything exciting happen last week. James and Braden went to USTPA finals this week, so I'm holding down the fort. Um, I did that over the weekend. So I, I outed your husband for being at a show that you didn't know he was at. Because, folks, communication is key in a marriage, and the our communication was not on point last week. We'll just leave it at that. So it was funny because Remy texts me on Friday morning. My husband yeah. left on Thursday afternoon. And um, I, he was going to go to the Snapple Bit Futurity, which he did do. And he had some other things that he was going to do, too, while he was down in the area. So Remy texts me on Friday morning and she said, Brandon is on fire. And so I called her and I said, what is Brandon on fire with Remy? And she's like, at the show. I said, really nicely. I said, what show, Remy? <laughs> she's like, oh, my God, you did not know. I'm like, oh, my God, I did not know. I mean, he did win, like, all the money in the Open, so. There is that. And then I got a phone call from Brandon later while I was processing cattle. I was like, so did I get you in trouble? He goes, she just doesn't listen. <laughs> oh. mm. um, another funny thing before we go into our topic today is that Remy, as most of you know, Remy and I talk daily and we or text and we have super funny, if people saw our text or listened to our phone call, they would probably be dying laughing they're super funny because it is the end of fall i'm going somewhere with this by the way um it's hunting season in minnesota this weekend was youth opener my husband's gone i am not a hunter i've never killed anything in my life i have no idea how to i know how to unlock the gun safe and that is where my gun training ends let's just leave it there and I've got two boys who were, they wanted to go hunting this weekend because it was youth opener. Um, and all of my husband or my, all my, all of my girlfriend's husbands were gone this weekend as well. So I couldn't even try to pawn that off on them. And so the, I was telling Remy, I'm like, Remy, I'm like, these kids are driving me crazy. They want me to go sit up in the deer stand with them. I'm like, I don't feel like that's safe. Do you feel like it's safe? I'm like, I don't know anything about guns. Nothing. That's not, that's not very Midwestern of you. Yes. And Remy goes to me. I mean, are you sure that you're from the Midwest? I don't feel like you possibly could be from the Midwest. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, I, I know how to shoot a gun. And I know, but you kind of feel bad about killing things. Yeah, I don't so want to kill that. things. Like, I will shoot clay pigeons all day. I will shoot a coyote if it's causing problems. But I, can't, I don't want to go kill things. I've got no desire to go kill things. Well, so then, yeah, Remy sends me another video. They get this ranch, and there's all these raccoons that are 
they're loitering the place is what they're doing, I think. They're on the, this porch. They're like by the house. And there's lots of them. There's not just one or two. There's lots of them. And they are cute. But those are not, they are not cute. There's a family that lives in the tree and a family that lives on the back porch and they scream at you if you don't feed them. So I used to want like a pet raccoon. I don't want a pet raccoon anymore. They scare me now. I'm like, Remy, I feel like you should take care of them things. I don't, Look, I don't the know. people still live there. She feeds them. Like, I, they're her, I don't know. It's her they like Cinderella moment. They need to be rehomed. And I can, I could tell that Remy was not the one who wanted to give the raccoons. They're, they're scary. They frighten me a little bit. I understand. They do look scary. Um, oh, another random that I have written down, Remy, that just, it. I laugh. You are the, oh, I mean, I know a lot of people, Remy. You are the only person that does this with me. Most people go to the bathroom when they talk to a good friend. Not Remy. She takes a shower. That's how you know that Remy likes you. I'm not going to get you off the shot. I can do everything in the shower and still talk to you. My question is, where do you put your phone? I have a really long shower, so it just sits like on the back ledge. God, I feel like you're really, I mean, you're trusting fate with my phone. My phone's already in a lot of trouble, so. Yeah, yeah, nuts. Um, Like, lots of good watching this week, too, people. Um. Like Remy said, USTPA finals is this week. It runs through Saturday night. James is there. James is doing exceptionally well. I think that he's made the finals four times. He's uh, twice in the Open, twice in the All-Pro, and then he made the Open Sort finals yesterday. So five. So five. Five. Yeah. Which is much better than zero. Yeah, much better than I did at Elite Finals, so there's that. That's awesome. James is having a great week. Uh, I think that finals is when, Remy? I don't even know. I think they're Friday and Saturday night. I was like looking at the schedule this morning and I already forgot. So. Well, uh, we have lots of friends that are competing between Remy and I there this week. We want to wish them the best of luck. So big shout out to all of our friends that are competing at USTPA finals this week. Uh, we're going to try to put something up this week for them. Yeah, I am waiting on the official photographer to send me a picture that she said she would send me. But unfortunately, she got kicked in the shoulder yesterday and it separated the shoulder. So, um, And maybe we could share a link, too, on Friday for the finals. So people yeah, can we should be able to do that. So, um, Yeah, so best of luck to everybody that's there this, this week. Um, wishing James. Go get him, James. That's right. Go bring home some money. <laughs> uh, as we talked earlier, Britain, well, the Snapple Fraternity was last weekend. It's been going on for the last three weeks, which talk about a mental challenge. I feel like that would be real mentally challenging for me. That's a long time to be gone, Remy. It's a long time to be gone. You school your horses at really odd hours. Um, it's hard on the horses. It's a... Uh... It's a lot. Yeah. And so for those of you who don't know what the Snapple Bit Futurity is, is it is uh, the National Rain Cow Horse uh, is for their three-year-old year. Yeah. Three-year-old year. But then there's a lot of other 
division. There's horse, yeah, there's a there's a horse show with aged events that also goes with it. Mm -hmm. But uh, the big the big portion of the show or the culmination of the show is for the three year olds. And for those of you who may not know, these trainers have been working with these these three year olds for a long time, probably long yearlings, most of them. Yeah, so a lot of them get started around November of their yearling year. Maybe get a couple, get some rides on them, then like about a, usually a couple weeks or a month yeah, off, and then right back to riding. Yeah, so um, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, hopes and dreams goes into these things. Not that it doesn't with anything else, but um, the thing about cutting and ring cow horses, there's variables, right? You you have cattle involved and Remy and I both watched the finals. Um, I don't even know how many are in it, Remy hundreds, like three, um, is there three something? I think I heard. I think there's three something this year. It's not as big as the NCHA Paturity, which is the cutting Paturity in December, but I think there was like 300 some because the cut was like 25 and 21. So that sounds about right. Um, so yeah, you go through all these horses, they do three events. They, um, have to run a raining pattern separately. They have to do herd work, which is very similar to cutting, which is you um, cut two to three cows in two and a half minutes out of a herd and keep them from the herd to show your horse's ability to work a cow. And then it all comes down to down the fence where you work a cow in the back fence and then you run it and turn it one direction each way and then circle it each way. And so really, for me, the cow horse is awesome because you've got a horse that has to rein and has to cut and has to go down the fence. So again, you're like two and a half years into a three-year-old hoping for the best with yeah. a lot of brains out there. Because it's not just you, it's not just your horse, but there's cattle involved. And, uh, and reining cow horse, I mean, when you think of all the different, you know, you think of reining, uh, when you think of performance cow horse events, and I put reining in kind of with yeah. the cow horse events. Um it is by far the most dangerous one. Yes. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> uh, because you're high rates of speed with a cow uh, yeah. flying down an arena wall and doing sharp turns and stuff, maneuvers, sharp maneuvers. Um, so Remy and I both watch that because what they do is over, because I think it, it, that one is kind of like a week and a half that they narrow that one down, right, Remy? Or yeah, maybe like so it used to be. And they changed it when they went to Fort Worth. They extended the show a little bit. So in Reno, it used to all be in one day. Like the intermediate and limited finals would be on um, Friday. I think the non-pro finals and the horse sale were Saturday. And then the open finals were Sunday. And here they split it up a little bit where they had all the kind of herd works on one day. And they just, they did it a little different. But it comes down to finals weekend. So these horses have gone through all the preliminaries. And then you take your top percentage cut and then it's down to your last couple of days for the finals so these horses have been i, I want to a week for sure they've been showing probably yeah. more like a week and a half so and they are rode every day in their young horses so they're probably a little tired um i'm sure that well there's a lot of adrenaline pumping through the riders there's a lot of it's uh we talked about on the phone like sometimes the horse, the best horse doesn't win because they're show fatigue, especially on three-year-olds. They haven't, even if you've held them for a long time, they haven't been in that show situation. They haven't been stalled for weeks at a time, not at home. 
you know, like there's a lot of things that people don't realize that go into a horse's mentality. Like there's all these studies that say that horses don't sleep at horse shows because there's always lights on. Well, do you, think, Remy? No, I don't sleep at all at a horse show. I mean, it's a good thing I can survive on caffeine and willpower. So I couldn't no. for three weeks. There's no way I would be a raging, not, not good, probably. Mm -mm. And, uh, but it, you know, it's hard, but these horses are. And the other thing I think that people who either aren't around horses at all or are, are, are not around performance horses is the really good performance horses are kind of weird. Look They're quirky. a little quirky. So you have to, you know, you have to figure in that personality into also the show fatigue that's setting in. Yep. Um, well, so on Friday night and on Saturday, on Friday night, they ran the non-pro fraternity. And when they, when they run the finals, it's just the um, fence work. Yeah. So they did the non-pro and the L1. And was there something else with the L1? Did they do the cowboy class? They, the L, they might have done the cowboy class with that. And then they did that. I one. think intermediate open finals were that night too. Yes, that's what it was. Okay. So it was the L1 and then intermediate open finals on Friday night. And then the open finals was on Saturday night. Well, the intermediate open is just, it's just the same. It's an open rider with just less amount of earnings. Correct, Remy? I think it used to be, so it tells you how long you qualify based it, on Yeah, but it used to be like you had to be in the top 40 for the last two years or else you were you were intermediate. So there's very, like, you'll see a lot of very good guys that are still entered in the intermediate. Correct. Correct. That's where I was like trying to differentiate and I don't know. Yeah, because sometimes like I'll see someone, I'm like, how are they an intermediate open? And it's like, oh, they either didn't show for the last two years or they just showed minimally. The last two years and they kind of dropped back down so i called rim well remy and i were kind of texting back and forth on friday night because brandon was there and i was watching it online and it was the l1 intermediate open on friday night once again these guys have poured years of blood sweat and tears hopes dreams everything into these horses and three guys and the last one was like I mean, it would be awful anyway, but most of them were getting through their runs. It was looking real good, and there was three of them out of the 30. Two of them were sitting really good going back in. They probably just needed an average run, I would assume, and they would have gotten extremely large checks. Their horses fell down. When their horses fall down, and I, so the horse must be able to fall down, Remy, and if you don't go off, you're still if a okay. hip doesn't touch the ground. Is that what it is? Yeah. So if a hip oh, doesn't touch the ground, it's the same thing. Like I got zeroed out one time at a horse show. I had this little gray horse that really stopped big. And he stopped so hard that his hip touched the ground. Like he didn't fall down. Like he stopped that hard. His hip touched the ground. It's a no score. So if your hip doesn't touch the ground, like you'll see um, them kind of scramble out sometimes behind, but they can regain their footing and it's not a no score. They can keep riding. But if the hip touches the ground, it's a no score. Okay, so three of those guys out of the 30 fell down and they didn't get dart they got darted off their horses. I mean, and you know, it's probably for a multitude of reasons. It they could have got wrapped. I mean, I couldn't really tell watching it online. Did they get wrapped up in a cow? Was the ground shifty? Horses tired is probably a multitude of things. 
regardless, nobody's fault. But I said to Remy, um, she told me what she wanted to talk about this week. And I'm like, I feel like this is a really good segue into it because of all the work and the time and dedication that these guys have put into these Colts and they have to humbly pick their asses up off of the ground and look around and wave to thousands of people in the arena auditorium online and say, I'm okay and walk out. And that would be really hard to mentally wrap your mind around that because you are running on little to no sleep. You're exhausted, fatigued, uh, an animal that you love and care and have a lot of time with just DQ'd to win a big paycheck. How do you mentally reset from moments in life, not just horse shows, moments in life like that when you have maybe a difficult or a time like that, or maybe something that happened to you like that. Maybe it was words that were spoken to you like that. How do you reset that clock in your body? No, and that's looking at something that looked weird in the camera. Um, no, it's so that's what I want to talk about is the mental reset because we all get rattled. We get rattled by people's criticism. We get rattled by our own criticism. We get rattled by having an idea of what is going to happen and then it does not happen or it doesn't happen in the way we think it does. So how do you move forward in your life without getting stuck in in the vision of what you thought should have happened? You know, and I think... That's a good way to put it, in the vision of what you thought was going to happen. In the right, vision. because a lot of good things still happen and you're like, but I didn't want it that way. I wanted it this way. So how do you... We're assholes as people, aren't we? <laughs> but it's like, you know, you have to. <laughs> you have to. So how do you train your brain to find the best in things? Right? And... Um, uh, yesterday at the U.S. Finals, James was riding like a house on fire the first day, had some bad luck the second day. Yesterday goes into the open sort, is doing really well, and then leaves the hole with Kathy on a run that is clicking along, and his mare went head over heels. I feel like Kathy might be the one. It's <laughs> Kathy's fault. I'll blame Kathy. I told her to go sage everything, go do something. Um, that's for sure, Kathy. Michelle Cheekster <laughs> broke. It's just... Actually, Kathy said they're just not allowed to leave without me because I keep everything rolling together. But, you know, even James said it rattled him. And um, I sent, he called me and was talking to me and then I sent him a pep talk text message. I was like, you got this. You know how good you are. But, you know, that's a guy that has a lot of faith and confidence in himself and he got rattled. He's also been sick the whole time he's been back there. I was just like he was sick before he left. Rattled, though, um... I mean, I'm not saying we're old by any means, but then you've got like that little thing of, oh my God, I don't want to get hurt in my head. Yeah. Um, because folks, we make our living with, this will, This doesn't sound so bad. We make our living using our bodies. With our body. On a ranch or on a farm, whatever. And when you can't use, um, you know, your if you can't use your body, then the money stops coming in and going back to cow horses. Like I never had any fear running down the fence. Never. 
I would have a lot of fear. Like I never had any fear and I never really have to have fear of getting bucked off or like riding in the cattle pens. Um, Cause we have concrete aprons along the feed bunkers. I never had any fear. And then I had kids and it's not like it's a big fear. It doesn't stop me from doing things, but it gives me pause right before I go running across something. I'm like, I'm a jog this time. Or if I'm running a cow down the fence, like I'm still going to make the turn. I just might take one stride farther, one stride wider where before I just like hook in and go. And it's not that I'm not confident, but it's like, the other thing is, as you get older, like you remember what it feels like. Like, I know that sounds really dumb. When I walk across those concrete aprons, I've had horses fall on me on the concrete. Like I can hear the sound and feel it in my knee when I walk across there every time. So I'm like, I just am going to approach it with a little more caution than I used to. You know, um, that is funny that you bring that up for me. Well, I'm a wuss when it comes to speed. I scream when I go around barrels. I Not because I think it's going to make my horse go faster. It's because I'm scared. <laughs> Said that. Don't even care. Um, but Brandon and I were talking about Sarah Dawson because Sarah Dawson had three horses back to the finals that night. And she she drew second out. And that horse was a scratch. <clears throat> and I said to him, was that horse just sore from the week or whatever? And he doesn't know the answer to this story, but what he said to me makes a lot of sense. He said, because they take to the top 30 back. And he said, I'm pretty sure that horse that she drew out second with, she was pretty far down the line on. And she had two horses that were sitting like first or second and fourth going back into the top 30. He said, I'm guessing that they maybe pulled that horse because if she would have walked out there and got hurt on that horse, she wouldn't have been able to show those other two and nobody else can catch ride them for you. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, well, they, they, if you get hurt, actually someone can, cause that happened to Clayton oh. when he got hurt, Justin Wright finished the run on that other horse. But a lot of times, like if they're out of the scoring, because those guys are looking for a longevity in that horse's yes. career, that was want to push them. And I'm the opposite. I'm like, you're here. You got here. I paid for you to be here. Go show. Go I mean, if that was your only, if it was like you just had the I'd run. still do it if I had 10 in there yeah. because, you know, I'd go make the run. But yeah, there's a lot of weird, there's a lot of gamesmanship that goes into it. But same thing, if the horse is, and honestly, a lot of times when those horses don't score really well, either in the raining or out of the herd, there is something else going on. And it might not be a long-term soundness issue, but. Maybe they're just not feeling being in the pen. So why are we going to ruin a horse for the long term to go make one more run on them? Right. Um, going back to our original or going back to what we were talking about, about like resetting everything, the mindset. Um, how do you do it, Remy? Or what, what has gotten you through? I, so... I try to, I, there's a couple of things I try and do. I really try and think like, is this a bad day? Is this a bad year? Did I get hurt? What are the outcomes of whatever? So for me, like I can compartmentalize a lot of things, right? I can compartmentalize my anger. I can compartmentalize my fear for a while until it all <laughs> erupts in some way. <laughs> and um, you're special, <laughs> You know, but usually it ends up with me talking even faster than I normally talk. Side note, someone goes, I listen to your podcast. She goes, I listen to all podcasts on one and a half or two. 
And she goes, but I can't listen to you on two. And she goes, the only <laughs> way I can do it on one and a half is because I know you well enough to understand, understand. the intonation. Yeah, I talk fast. So when I get upset or excited, I talk very, very fast. Me too. And um, uh, so for me, like I try and compartmentalize it. And so it comes down to a couple things. So is it a mental reset? Um, I like to look at... Also, another side track. Uh, Breck wants to be Pollyanna. She does not like when I get negative <laughs> and I see funny. things because some stuff happened and uh, my usually easygoing husband was a little rattled. I was rattled. Um, but it's the same thing. I think I have to like word vomit sometimes or write it and get it out. And then I'm like, oh, I'm, all, I'm oh, good. Me too. And you know, another thing that um, like, do you overanalyze like, when situation, when shit like that rattles me, I over. I see. It I'm like one of those people. Like once I can like do the word vomit, right? Like I talked to you and I talked to my husband, and I was like, I don't, you know, he didn't do those things. I didn't do the things I was accused of, and let it. Like once it's out of my mouth, it's out of my brain, and I can move on for it. Again, that's my three step deal, right? How did you did you do something? No, I didn't do something. But I made it better. No, I didn't. I Look couldn't make it better. On Remy's three-step deal after the podcast. Either. Yeah. So, like, I think I got on TikTok, but my three steps is, and you can go back and watch it somewhere else. Like, and this is really true. This is totally true for me. Did you, did you cause a problem? If you cause a problem, say you're sorry, try and fix it, move on. Uh, the second part, because it really is not a three-step. I guess it's a three-part thing. It's not three steps. Um the second part is if I didn't cause the problem, could I have made the problem better? Yes or no. If I could have, try and remedy it. If I couldn't have, let it go. And the third thing is if it wasn't my fault and it wasn't my problem, it's no longer part of me. It has no hold on me. It gets released back into the universe and away from me. So I don't overanalyze because that's not who I am. Like I make a decision for better or worse and then fucking full steam ahead. Now I am married to someone that overanalyzes and maybe that's what's pushed me the opposite way where I'm like, I don't have time for all of us to overanalyze. I got to make a decision and move on. Well, I take things personally. So, um, and I take things and I, okay, so I wrote this down, like, cause as Remy and I were talking about this, like, how do you reset and, how do you take being rattled? And I wrote down probably not well. <laughs> uh, um, no, I, I think honestly, the, hard, the hardest, the hardest thing, the thing that rattles me the most is criticism, constructive or not. I'm saying, you know why like, though? This is the other thing I wrote down. This is why I take it so hard is because I really fucking care. I really fucking care. And I do feel like I don't, like, I, I mean, I just want everybody, I want to live a fucking Pollyanna life around me, okay, people? I want my boys to hunt without me having to go yeah. and all the ducks to take care of themselves. Go in the tree stand by yourself and don't hurt each other, please. No, I, I think, like, so for me, I don't take on, not all criticism bothers me. It bothers me when it comes from people that I value very highly. 
because when I, and I will say that probably rattles me more than anything, more than anything. I am not good at taking, I am good sometimes at taking criticism. I'm good at taking criticism in the long term, but immediately. You know how hard this is for us to sit here and admit this shit this morning? In the immediate aftermath of getting the criticism, it's like, I wasn't good enough. I didn't do enough. I didn't do it right. I thought okay. I was doing it right. So that hurts though. When somebody yeah. tells you, you didn't do it good enough, that hurts. When you're passionate about something and you care about something, it hurts. Because I can take, I mean, if somebody tells me that my cooking isn't great, well, I could, okay, I knew this. That doesn't burn me. I don't care. I'm not passionate about cooking. I'm passionate about people eating in my house, so they're not hungry anymore. But I don't want to be a five-star chef, so if somebody tells me that that's not good, I can handle that. But now, if Somebody tried to give me criticism on here. Might be a little tougher for me to take, I think. Yeah, and I think it's like I said, it's like in the immediate response, right? I will get defensive. And part of it, again, is I fought a long time to prove how good I was at everything, right? Like um, James is gone this week. And so he's like, well, you need to do this and this and this. Like, going and you through take that well, too like going through the list of the things we need done. And I was like, okay. And we decided to have a show this weekend while he was gone because why not? And uh, he goes, well, you know, you have to go. And he's going through all this stuff. And I said, you sent me to Tulare last year, which is like four hours north of us to put on a show with my mom and my brother and Jose, like at the house, I got it. And I know, and it's one of those things where it's like, I have to be cognizant that he doesn't think I can't do it, but he's going through the checklist in his own brain of what needs to be done so that I don't forget things, but not because I'm going to forget them, but this is what needs done. And immediately he kind of makes me defensive. Like, do you think I'm dumb? Do you think I don't know how to do these things? Where That's not what he's going through. He's got a little bit of guilt for being gone, which he shouldn't, but he has a little bit of guilt for being gone and putting the burden on me. And... It's the same thing when I go do things, I realize that if I'm gone, other things don't get done, which is fine. And it's fine that he's not here. Like I'm, I told him to go, I have no problem. But in his head, it's like, well, if I would have stayed home, X, Y, Z would get done without Remy having to do it. James would make the break. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but I was like, you know, that's like my immediate response. Like, yeah, I know how to do it. And I'm like, the response. The appropriate response should be like, thank you for going through it. Yes, I know how to do it. We've done this long enough. I know how to do it. But immediately I kind of bristle up like, yeah, I'm not dumb. I know how to do it. Yeah, I feel like that sometimes too. Like I'll be doing something outside. I do bristle up too because I'm just like, what do you think? I'm a dumbass. Like, And also, like, do you not have faith in how you train me to do things? That's what I think. Train is a strong word, Remy. Ain't no man training me. Uh, look, I came from hunters and jumpers, so I can say trained all day long. <laughs> I did not grow up with cattle. I got shown how to do everything. So, yeah. Oh, like, I, I got did too, but I feel like I just observed from a multitude of people and figured it out along the way. But I'll be on my way to do something outside, like going to put a horse out, and I'm on my way to grab bell boots with the horse in my hand. And he'll be like, put bell boots on that horse. Yeah, that's the, like I I that's hard for me too. Where I'm just like, what do you think I'm doing? I'm going to do that. I know this. <laughs> yep. uh, uh, 
it's but so that that I that I think I think taking criticism from people that I care about is probably the thing that rattles me the most. Because again, it makes you it's the same thing we've talked about a million times. It's self-doubt, right? If they don't believe in me, if they don't like what I did, then what I did isn't good enough. And what if I did if it if I measured by what I do, and I am for the most part, and that's not on anyone else, that's on me. If I measure myself by what I can accomplish and they don't like what I accomplished, well, then they don't like me, right? Because for me, the two things are so closely intertwined. And I know that's not true, but mentally when you're in the heat of it, it is true. And so again, going back to how do you deal with it? I have to take a breath and be like, just because they don't like something I did doesn't mean they don't like me. Yeah. And well, um, I think that it's hard too when sometimes it's hard to mentally reset and you want to hang on to words or actions is when you've put so much into something and um, I was going somewhere with this and now I completely forgot because it kind of went back to the raining cow horse thing too. Uh, let me think about this for a second. I can't think of where I was going with this. Oh, I do know where I was going with this. You're putting yourself out there. I mean, just like this. This isn't a horse show scenario, but this is not easy because we both swore to come on here once a week and put ourselves out there and <coughs> say what is on our mind, what is running through our head, which is scary, crazy. And we're telling that to the world. That is not easy to put yourself out there like that. Just like it's not easy to put yourself out there with a horse that you've trained and spent a lot of time with because you're showing the world what your training program is. And then good, bad, or ugly, or good, bad, or in between, you're out there and something bad happens. And then in your head, you're passionate about it. And it's like, God, this is, I'm sure I'm, maybe these people aren't thinking this, but it has to, I would have to think just like anything, it goes back into yourself. And probably there are some people that are better at resetting or keeping those thoughts at bay or, or whatever. And I don't know, but does that make sense? I mean, do you see yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it's... You put it's, yourself out there and somebody says... Yeah, I mean, specifically the judged event, like you're paying for them to judge you. Like it's not oh, even... Yeah. But, you know, and so we talk, I talk, I do talk about mental resets a lot in our training. So we had another client that was kind of having a rough week and I called her and I go, repeat after me. And I didn't even have to say it. She goes, I know, I'm a bad bitch. I said, you're right. Ride like it. You're better than this. And that's not me trying to be hard on her. She has to be reminded because she had some stuff go wrong and she got rattled. And as you get old, it's funny, as you get older, physical things rattle you more than they did when you were younger. And I think mental things rattle you less. And again, it's a fear because like we're getting on the side of where you're hitting the age that when you fall, you don't bounce in the same way. I and, don't know. Uh, I think that <coughs> age, Remy, that it's just as hard I mean, what holds people back is their ability to let go of everything and their fear of being judged and let it all. Yeah, out. And I, and I think, I think that's like, for me, 
we talk about it even when I talk about love. Like I can talk about that I love you even if you don't love me. Well, it's like I can you can say the worst things about me and I don't care for the most part unless unless I've done a lot of things for you and and it's not about the immediate reciprocation, but it's it also goes back to I shouldn't what other people say about you is none of your business right? What other people say about you is none of your business because nothing good comes of it. Nothing good comes of knowing what other people say behind your back. And it, because it is, like I said, I, I, for me, like if it's not something like cooking, if it's said about my cooking, I don't really care because I don't have a passion for that, but I do have a passion for the horse industry and I have a passion for what we our self help or whatever you want to call this. I have a passion for what we do for the cowgirls. If somebody says shitty things about those things, or my kids, I guess, my kids too. No, it and so me. for me, I um, I don't hold on to it for very long, but that, and, and for me, that is easier, right? Like I'm not a person that holds on to something for very long anyway. I'm aware of that. But you have to start for your body if you don't. Yeah, but like <laughs> it's one of those things where you have to start practicing that, right? So to our our audience, because we get we kind of get this question a lot, like how do you go through these things? Again, go through my three my three part question. But the other thing is, it's just don't worry. It's really hard to not worry about being judged. And again, a lot of that comes from self confidence, right? I'm good enough as I am, but the other thing is looking more towards a competitive outlook. Mental resets are very important because it doesn't matter if it's in business and I'm talking about competition. Like, yes, I'm talking about horses. But I'm talking about competition and business and everything that you do. When something goes wrong, it is not the end, but it's really hard if you're a perfectionist or you care very deeply about what you're doing to not see that little bobble as the end. So I tell our clients when we're competing and they do like, uh, you see all the open riders do it. And it's funny is, so when the open riders have a mistake, they bobble their head like this. They look down and bobble their head and then they go on in a, in a run. And you see it in team roping. You see it in uh, rain cow horse. You see it in penning and sorting. Novice riders look up. I don't know why, but this is the differentiation. And I tell my clients to go, you can't, don't bobble your head. Stop bobbling your head. And that applies to life too. When something goes wrong, don't be upset and don't quit moving. Take that breath and move on. And that's hard for a lot of people, but you do have to, it's again, that muscle memory we talked about last week, retrain your brain that it is just a bobble. It is just a misstep that is still carrying you forward to where you want to be. So for me, I mean, Remy makes it sound like it's so damn easy. It's not easy to do this. Like I said, and it's not easy because when you're passionate about something, or you care deeply about something, if you've invested a lot of time, energy, and you're putting yourself out there, it is really hard to just poof gone. I have to most times write it out. Um, letter, text, whatever, get it off of my chest. And I have to say it. I'll never forget when I was working in corporate America, I had this vet that I worked with in South Dakota. And I did a lot of good things with him. Um, He did a lot of good things for me. He taught me a ton. As my customer, he taught me a ton. 
he was this um, <laughs> grumpy old man and he was really cool. And I took a lot of time to get to know him. And this was like, it took a lot of time to get to know him. It before I think that I called on him for almost a year before I got my first sale <laughs> from him. And we'd been doing business for probably four months. I had done a lot of sales trainings with his staff. I had brought other vendors in to help me do sales training with his staff. And I had a pharmaceutical rep with me one day. We were going to do some trainings. And we walked into his office in the sale barn. He was working cattle at the sale barn. And for 45 minutes, he ripped me up one side and right down the other. And his place of business is four hours from my house. And I stood there and I took it because I knew better. I knew better than to say anything because I knew at that point in time that whatever I said would would have been dismissed. And it was not anything that I did wrong. It was a shipping issue with the weather because they're in South Dakota. We're in the Midwest. It was wintertime. Um, and the shipments were freezing on the way there. And it wasn't how they were packaged. It was just because it was so harsh that winter. And... <clears throat> I let him rip my butt. And when he finished, I looked at him and I said, I, I will fix the problem to the best of my ability. And I turned around and walked out of there. And as soon as I closed the door, I just started bawling. It was really hard for me to take because I had invested. I was spending two days a week away from my family to spend with his vet family and practice to teach them, to train them new things on how to sell, to build their business better. So it was hard. It was a really hard pill to swallow the fact that he was chewing my butt for something that I didn't, I viewed as out of my control and it hurt. It hurt. Can you imagine what that four hour drive was like for me, Remy? Oh my God. I was spewing. <laughs> I talked to myself the whole way home. I was just pissed <laughs> at him. I, was, <coughs> I, I felt like I did so much for him and he had no respect for me. So I told my boss, I'm like, I'm going to write him a letter. And then I'm, I'm going to re I'm going to read the letter after I write it. And I'm going to send it to him. He's like, you write the letter first. And then you let me know what you think after you got done writing the letter. Well, I'm pretty sure I had the letter wrote in an hour by the time I got home and it was three pages and telling him everything that I thought of him and yada, yada, yada. And I decided against sending it. So I folded it up and I put it in my work bag and I carried it around with me. And I told myself, I'm like, I put in so much time on this account. I'm, I'm not going to let him win. I'm going back. So I went back the next week and uh, walked into his office, shook his hand and said, hey, Dr. Dave, how's it going? And he asked me out to lunch. And when we got to lunch, he apologized to me. And he told me, Basically, he'd done this, like this was his routine to sales reps. This is what he, what he usually would do to see how tough they were. And I was one of the only ones who came back. And he was my, I worked for that company for seven years, and he was my best customer from that day on. Um, uh, so I thank him for that. But that's how I, I, because I care about a lot of things. And it pissed me off that he didn't see that I cared so much. So I have to write a letter or I can't, I can't dismiss. No, I, that's what I mean. I think, and I, like, I say that I let it go. And I, I let a lot of things go without having to word vomit, 
But I do the same thing. I write notes in my phone. I do not send things <laughs> because um, you don't want permanent evidence of things. Like I had someone send my husband and I a text calling me every name under the sun and saying that I cheated and I lied and all this stuff. I did none of those things. And if you've been to my shows and watched me announce, I don't have time to cheat. And also, how do you cheat when everyone that's there is your client, right? If you come to ride at my show, you are now a client. I can't cheat for anyone. I also, it's a whole bunch of things, right? I still have this text message. And it's like so long. Like it's like 14 different screenshots. So the same lady wants to come to a show at our house to watch and sends me a text message. Oh, am I welcome? My text back, you are never not welcome here because I really don't care. Like, I don't care, but in the back of my mind, I was like, you felt the need to type all of that out and press send and then press send. Like, so for me, I can word vomit into notes on my phone. I can write things out. I can call my friend and be like, oh my God, I gotta tell you what's going on right now because I can just let it all out. And then again, your friends are like, yeah, fuck that guy no, you're being an idiot. And then that gives you more, um, it gives you, it is, you need the release, but you do still have to let it go. The other hard part. And so for me, it's mentally, letting to let it go when I write it or. Yeah. And so that's what I would do. I wouldn't have carried it around with me. Right. I wouldn't have yeah. folded it up and put it in my work bag. I would have written it and burned it or thrown it out because you're carrying this wound with you all the time I and that's where you reminder and it yeah. didn't like once I wrote it and put it in there it did not feel heavy it did not weigh me down but I know what you're saying because you know because there's there, and I think that's what a lot of people do is they carry around their baggage and their scars and their pain as if it's some sort of metal and I'm not saying that's what you did but we all know those people right look how I've been hurt look how I this did out yeah, and so for me, just get it out and then release it. The other thing, and this goes back to horses, and this is hard, is a mental reset about physical things. So, um, so I was getting hurt. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I'm talking about when people get hurt, right? So because that holds you back, and that can almost hurt you more. It does because you end up getting really tight in your body, and now you're yes. more prone to get hurt. And so, then you check up at the wrong times, and if you check up at the wrong times, it's oh. And yeah, um, when I was working for the, for Mike and Christy Berg, there's a kid that was breaking horses and I always kind of heard him singing, not a lot, not loud, but just singing all the time. And I was talking to him one day, go, why do you, and I was working with one of my own horses that was having a bad day and she was a little bronchy and he goes, sing to her. And I'm like, look, I'm a fucking hippie, but what is that? <laughs> He goes, no, no, sing to your horse. And I go, why? He goes, it, re it relaxes you. It makes you drop your shoulders. It makes you not be tight in your chest. It makes you not do all those things. And I will tell you to this day, when something goes wrong with horses, whether I'm on the ground or on their back, if I start singing, it does. It slows your blood pressure down. It makes you think better. It doesn't let you be tight. You can't be tight and sing. It's very hard to be tight and sing. You don't have to sing loud. So I think that's the other thing is when you have a physical fear, whether it's if you're skiing or swimming or running or doing all these other things, if you have that fear, find something that relaxes you and soothes you physically. It's actually it makes it easier. Yeah. 
it is real dangerous. Like if you, I mean, think if you were a downhill skier and you couldn't relax to get into, I don't know, but I, I don't know the terminology for skiing at all, but I would have to think if, if you weren't relaxed and calm going down a black diamond hill with a pair of skis on your feet, you could probably get in a serious accident. Correct, Remy? Yeah, you can. And so, but you, you watch people carry trauma and tension in their body all the time, right? You see it in the set of someone's jaw and the set of their shoulders. And you do that for long enough. And that becomes your body's muscle memory again, right? You're hiding trauma in your fascia, in your muscles and all of it. So that's why it becomes so important to let everything go. Physical fear, mental fear, emotional fear, spiritual fear. There has to be like some, uh, for like, I'm just thinking now some of these high end sports and shit. They have, no, they have like full on deals, like where they, uh, bring out neurons in your brain. Like they have that because like, um, there's guys that will get hit by a pitch and then they have to re kind of reprogram their brain because every time they go up to the, to bat, they're flinchy, right? Well, we don't want to be flinchy. Just like a quarterback that gets sacked all the time. you tired of hit, taking those hits and making bad moves, not getting out of the pocket or whatever. I don't know terminology for that either, but I would have to think it's a problem. No, it is a problem. So, And that's where it becomes, again, find things that, um, that make it mentally easier for you to let go of what's physically going wrong. And again, you know, physically you got to let go or mentally you got to let go of everything because it does you no good to carry perceived wounds. And also going back to something I said earlier, we all have a vision of what our future is going to be. Very rarely does that vision come true. Now you can enjoy the, like embrace what's going on, ride the crazy, keep moving forward, or you can get bogged down in looking at what you think your life is supposed to be. And um, way past that, but you know, but not a lot of people are it's and, and it happens on, on a daily basis. Like, I think this is going to happen. Okay, that didn't happen. So you can laugh at it and move on. And most of the time you should laugh at it because what else are you going to do? Honestly, being sad about it doesn't fix it. It does not change the situation. And again, that's carrying that hurt with you. Don't carry the hurt. Don't carry the pain. Don't carry the disappointment. Because I actually think disappointment is worse than anything else. Yeah, it's it's easier than anger, you know, anger and sadness are actually easier for me to get over than disappointment and frustration. Um, you know, I think about when you talk about things like you're just talking about, I always think about, you know, when you go on vacation or let's say that you have a vacation scheduled out for a year and you spent all this time planning it. And in your head, you're like, this is going to be the best vacation ever. We're going to have so much fun. We're going to have fun. Like we've never had fun before. I, no one's going to fight. Everything's going to be perfect. Oh yeah. I mean, rainbows and unicorns, baby. That's what it's going to be. And then you get there and it is not like, I think because you've built it up so much. I hate that feeling. I just, I hate that feeling. I hate when, well, I'm not a planner, so we don't have to worry about any vacations that are happening a year out from now. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I just, I hate that feeling. I don't, it's such a, it ruins the times for me. So I, 
I'm pretty good about living in the moment. And <laughs> obviously, since I didn't know the <coughs> no last Friday morning, that is how we live. We just kind of not fly by the seat of our pants because we do have a little bit of a plan, but it's a very loose one. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. And I, I think I'm so again, it's like, I'm way more of a bigger picture person than James, right? This is where we need to get to and we'll find our way there. And he's like, but we were supposed to take these steps to get there. And I'm like, ah, it's okay. I, neither one of us are like that really. And like I, what his thing is like, it's, you know, and part of it is, um, we work a lot of cattle, right? And I'm like, oh, this will work or that won't work. Um, uh, last night was a case study in that. I went to go switch cattle out on a lease that James has and one ran through the feed bunker. So I called James and be like, huh, it took me an extra hour after I got it all situated, but it's done now. And, um, you know, it's, but it's, and I, I think it's one of those things like because we work cattle and we do all these things like he has a plan and there's a reason we have a plan it's for everyone's safety and what we're trying to do. But again, I'm like, oh, we'll get there. That'll be fine. It'll all get done. And I do that because I know we work really hard, so it'll get done. But I just look at where we're trying to go long term and he gets worried about making a mistake in the short term. And I just I, I really don't worry about it because I know we'll get there. And I think that's hard. I think that's hard, especially when you're in the middle of, the, of any struggle, right? How do I get to where I want to go? And if you start seeing the negatives and everything, then you start seeing all the things that have gone wrong to stop your dream from happening versus all the things that are going right to get to where you want. Whether it's in business or relationships or life, you have to start looking at the positives because you can see a world full of things being wrong. And then that, that drags you down. That's more baggage that you're carrying. That's more weight that you're carrying that keeps, that doesn't allow you to reset. But like, if you can take 10 minutes in your day and think about all the things that have gone wrong, like all the things that have gone right, I'm sorry, your day will be much better. The next day will be better. And that becomes a, men, a muscle memory exercise too. Uh, today I am grateful for, because it allows you to see the better sides of people, the better sides of your situation, the better in everything. You know, um, well, I think the moral of the story here is that there's many different ways to handle a mental reset. Sorry, mental reset. Um, and as you just heard, I mean, I both do it differently. Uh, and it's something that we still we struggle with. I don't think that I don't think this is something that you're ever not going to have to struggle with. I think no matter how good you get at it, it's always going to have to be something that you work hard at doing. Um, right now is just for me, I have got a lot of things that I have got to do and I have been postponing them, um, dragging my feet. I just, and I don't, I don't know why I've, it's not because I don't want to. We leave for Arizona pretty soon. I've not got nothing packed up. We've been working on a lot of big projects. And last night I found myself a lot of big projects with a lot of moving pieces and parts that I have to wait for words from other people before I can go any further. That kind of drives me nuts because it holds up my progress. Of And I have a timeline for everything. <laughs> <coughs> Last night, 
I got into the house. The boys are both state football just started last night. The plan was, is I was going to go with them to the game. We were actually both going to go. And yesterday afternoon, it got nice in Minnesota. Well, we don't have an indoor arena, so we have to take advantage of that. A and life started happening. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I, you know, just like so many little things, and it, like, I could feel myself, like, I could just feel the anxiety and the tension and everything, like, coming up here. And the la- one of the last thing was because some of you may or may not know that. I have raised dogs for the last 17 years and I'm <coughs> on a partner and I'm kind of phasing out of it, but it's not something that I can just walk away from because it's something that I grew pretty much by myself for a long time and they're my family. So it's something that's really, really hard and uh, something that I really love, but it's just plate overflowing. And I had some things that I had to take care of that with with the dogs when I walked into the house and I could like feel the tension and anxiety start to rise for me thought that I was going to lose my shit just because I, it was a moment of overwhelmness. Like I was just overwhelmed in the moment with this, 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 the kids, none of it coming together, none, none of it coming together on my time. And I was sitting right here at my desk and I just looked down took a deep breath. And I was like, you know, this is such a little thing. Take a deep breath. You have no reason to lose your shit. Do it and walk away. And I did, but I didn't want to lose my shit because I was mad at anybody. I just was so overwhelmed. And to reset mentally in the moment of overwhelmness is something that I will always have to work on probably. Yeah. It's something you have to practice on. Cause it had it. See for me, it like creeps up on me. I'm like, Oh, I'm easy going. Then all of a sudden I'm like, why the fuck is this bridle on that hook and not where it's supposed to be. And just everyone not touch my shit and don't touch me and fuck everybody. Yeah. And then I got to go be by myself. Like for me, I do have to be by myself because I'm I just, a long time now. I just like, I just, well, after you do that, who wants to be with you anyway? <laughs> True. You know what? It's a it's a defense mechanism. Um, what's really hard, I love that meme, though, where it's like, do you ever have so much to do that you're just going to go sit down and take a nap? And I'm like, I feel that on so many levels. Me too. But- it's like the procrastination level that I'm in right now is terrible. But it over the thought of everything overwhelms me. And Please don't tell me, folks, oh, just start with one thing and it'll all start. No, it doesn't work like that in my brain. Like, I I am good at just getting it done when we get down to the witching hour, so. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like the, I don't know, I think that's like the ADD in me, too. Where it's like, I think it's me, too. <laughs> like, I really don't want to do these things and then other things, I, I, who knows? But yes, I'm trying to get a lot of things done. I'm trying to get a lot of projects done this week while James is gone that I've been trying to get done for a long time. Brett got to talk to me yesterday while I was running a grinder to take off boards that have been on my feeders for like 15 years. So, you know, it's just, 
but I do, it, it, it does sound dumb. You do have to take that deep breath. And I think that's like the biggest takeaway for me about everything that goes wrong in my life. Just take a breath. And then the next breath gets easier. Get the hell out of there. Like sometimes I just get so worked up. I need somebody to grab me, get me out of the situation because I think best. And when I am alone, I, you need a timeout every once in a while too, Remy, it sounds like. So like somebody just grabs me, puts me in a corner or gives me a timeout so I can process, clear my head, get back to a mental good spot. Cause I can, I know my muscle memory will get me back to a good spot, but I might say some things that I don't mean in the time yeah. of trying to get. And I think that's like, we've talked about that on the phone. Like that's different. Like if I said it, fucking meant it oh, I, I don't I don't word vomit just mean things because I'm very cognizant of how much weight words have to me and um so if I say something mean most of the time I meant it now if you, you take something that I didn't say that I you I don't I'm not that way so but like <laughs> some people will be offended but why I say that is not mean no, if I said it, I meant it. But going back to the taking a breath, like especially when anxiety gets a hold of you or you're frustrated or there's a lot of things going on, that first breath is hard to take. But you have to take it and hold it because then the next breath gets easier and then the next breath. And then you can kind of organize your thoughts because for me, it's the same thing. I can't do one thing at a time. I need to, I need to do six. I get itchy doing one thing at a time, right? I feel like I'm the same way, actually. And I, that is, I've never even thought about that. But I like a lot of stuff on my plates, evidently. I feel more comfortable yeah. when I've only got one. I don't. But if I've got one thing, I also just think I'm forgetting ten other things. So well, I just don't feel like I feel like I should have more to do. Yeah. So, you know, that's our wrap up for the week: is take a breath when you're looking for a mental reset, because it all starts with a breath, and then um, release everything back into the universe. Because if it's yours, it'll find you again. If not, you didn't need it anyway. Or find somebody who grounds you to talk yeah. to. Find somebody who grounds you to talk to you. Um, and that would be mine. Like, it's sounds like it's a lot easier for Remy to release it into the world. I can't release it as well as she can. Probably not well was my words. <laughs> uh, something I'm still working on. But, yeah. Well, good talk this morning, Rem. I'm Happy wishing always. Yeah, wishing James the best of luck. Uh, everyone the best of luck. I yeah, hope everyone, that horses. Uh, I hope that horses stay up and cows quit kicking. So there's that. Yes, yes. So, um, Remy, I'll drop a link later today or this week yeah. um, where you can find USTPA um, because the show is running all day. So you'll be able to watch watch all of the things. I think it's still team pinning and sorting. Right. Today is sorting only, and then it goes back to – it's a different schedule this year. Then it goes back to penning, and they did um, the play with the pros auction last night. So uh, same thing. James always sells at the end of that deal. He never sells towards the top. I was like, well, it sucks. Like, you're up there. So side note, I know we're getting long. At USGPA finals, you get to buy – it's like an auction, and you bid, and then you can buy a ride with the open riders. And you're all standing up there. And it's really embarrassing because I'm always like the last, if not the second to last one 
although I've won or been second the last two or three years, or last three years. And someone said to James last night when they were on the stage, she's like, this is so embarrassing. He goes, to me, it's not. There's no pressure. They didn't spend that much money on me, and I get a shot to win a lot, so there's no pressure on me. They didn't <laughs> think I was that good anyway. So I think that's a great way to look at something, too, right? Like, you're standing up there. And again, you want to talk about, like, the value of who you are as a person. They are putting a monetary value on you on a stage against all of your peers. But James likes to go last because... It's like, yeah, they didn't think I was good anyway. It's okay. He's amazing. Um, well, best of luck to all of those people, those folks that are riding this week. And uh, I'm going to my first NFL football game this weekend on Sunday. Ooh. It's probably going to be cold, right? No, it's indoors. It's indoors. Oh. Fair weather cowgirl right here. <laughs> yeah, again, not very Midwestern of you, man. I know. Oh my God, Remy. I do have to say before we log off for the day, the picture that you posted of me this week, thank you for that because it totally, it envelops and vibes, brings me the fall vibes of the guy, you know, the, the funny memes with the fall. Yes. Like, yeah, totally me. I look like the, <laughs> the icky fall guy. I love it. So, all right. Well, I hope everybody has a great week. Uh, is Halloween on Monday or Sunday? It's on Monday. Mm. Well, happy Halloween to everyone who is watching or listening. We hope that you have a great weekend, and we will see you back here next Wednesday. Bye, Remy. Bye.